On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, it is our last episode before the Fantasy Football Championships, so we play the name game with Russell Wilson and give who we would start over him. Hint, it is a lot of people. Then we give our gut calls and bold predictions for Week 16, and then Craig complains our bowls aren't bold enough because he didn't get enough sleep or whatever. He was just mean today. Then we give a special edition of the Million Dollar Lineup. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Absolutely. Yes. All right, fun fact. There will no longer be any Friday shows for us the rest of 2020. Obviously, it's Christmas and then New Year's over the next couple weeks. So we're not going to do Fridays again. We will check back in with our schedule for 2021. So this is our last episode before the Fantasy Football Championships. So we're going to help you guys get ready. But there's one question on our minds for this weekend. I think I know what it is. What do we do with Russell Wilson? Spoiler alert. <laughs> what we've got, do I mean, we, we do? have all personally been affected by this, and then we've gotten yeah. so many emails about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Is he dangerous anymore? I mean, I'm living I'm living this dilemma right now. I'm in a I'm in the championship <laughs> the of my league. You know, not to brag or anything, but my my team went twelve and one this year. Wow. Because it's a it's a super a super flex league with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And I was just freaking dominating for most of the season. And then all of a sudden, thank God Kyler is back because he had a little <laughs> mini slump too. But um, but now Russell Wilson, I, I honestly don't think I can start him. I have Tua Tagovailoa as my backup. And sorry, I butchered the name. Tagovailoa. Um, I have him as my sort of like third quarterback backup. And I'm pretty sure at this point I'm starting Tua over Russell, which is, it's wild. I'm right there with you, DK. I am in a championship and I have Russ as my one quarterback and I do not know what to do. So this <laughs> will be worth it for a lot of people. Yeah. Do I have to say I'm in a championship too now? Like to be fantasy alpha male? Is that required now? Yeah, one up. You're in you're in two fantasy. I'm you're in, in three two championships. championships with Russell Wilson, and I don't know what to do. It's like that Kristen Wig SNL character who's like, uh, my dad actually invented the moon. He built the moon himself and lives there. My father, the inventor of the toaster strudel. Okay. Do you guys want to just roll through the ESPN rankings for this week and just kind of talk about whether we would start this person over Russell Wilson? Because I feel like this yeah, is Yeah, sure. Weird. I mean, we could give a, a brief like so I just wanted to note that Russell Wilson has not scored more than 20 points since week nine. Here's the thing with Russ, and here's why we're down on him. Sometimes players have bad stretches where, you know what, they have a system, they're, they have an approach, game plan, and it works sometimes, doesn't work sometimes, and you roll with the player because you like the talent, you like the situation. That is not what's going on here. It's not 
something changed with their success rate. It's not an injury. The Seahawks changed what they want to do on offense. DK illuminated. Yeah, Rashad this. Penny's back. I mean, is there really any other explanation? <laughs> it's it's an earthquake right there, like the beast quake. But no, DK yeah. illuminated this. Basically, when the Seahawks had what is it, four turnover four turnovers against the Bills, three against mm -hmm. the Rams, Pete Carroll buckled down because turnovers are I mean, I don't even know. It's kryptonite. There's nothing or... worse than turnovers in the Pete Carroll like world. It's it's one of the biggest focuses of the entire franchise, other than just competing about everything, is compete, protect the football on offense, get the football on defense. Those are like the two major tenets of his and, of his whole system. So yeah, the the fact that Wilson started just turning the ball over at that rate, that was just like okay, we're done. We gave it a shot. We'll see how this goes. It did not go well. And so they were willing to air the ball out in the first half of the season, I think a little to his chagrin, but it, in part because the running backs were all really hurt, so they kind of had to, and also the defense was so bad that they just got in shootouts, but then the defense got a little healthier. The mm -hmm. offense started turning over the ball over, and the running backs got healthier, and so they went back to this kind of, they, they don't care how many yards they gain, they don't really care how many points they score, they want to win the game, that's just Pete Carroll's life, so... This is a different team. The, you see Russell Wilson, the little picture of him is the same guy that got you 50 points like six weeks ago. That guy's not playing anymore. He's gone. You know who doesn't think that? Yahoo in projections. Exactly. He's proje I don't know what's going on. He's projected for 21.45 points, something he has done once since November 8th. Why are they continuing to do that? He scored 11 <laughs> points the last time he played the Rams. He's playing the Rams again. The, the 21.45 is screwing with you because you go and you look at the streamer options. They're all averaging like 17. You don't know what to do. He had 121 yards last week. 121 yards passing. Yeah, he only saved his day because he ran for like 50, 60 yards. And it was mostly, a, <laughs> it was on one run. It was a 38-yard yeah. run. It was the longest Seahawks season. You take that away, and he had a pretty bad day. All right, so I'm just going to tick off the top six here. It's Mahomes, Rodgers, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, actually, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. You're starting all those guys over Russ pretty easily, right? Yeah. Yes. Then we go to Sean Watson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. That's the yep. top nine. All those guys pretty easily, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now we get into the real situation. So we're, where are we at? 12 right now? That is the top nine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now now we're, we're getting into real business. Russell Wilson or Mitchell Trubisky? Trubisky's going against the Jaguars. Oh, my God. This is a very... I mean, this is, this is the perfect example of why we're having this discussion. I'm like actually thinking about Trubisky because he's been playing Trubisky. pretty well. And... I'm, I'm starting to lean the other way about this and just... This game matters to Russ. Like, this is a very important game. He's maybe like the third best quarterback in the league. Like, talk yeah. about which one's going to give you a bigger hangover. It's got to be Mitch. Yeah, no, but the thing is that Trubisky <laughs> is playing the Jaguars and Russ is playing the Rams. And it's hard because we've been like, oh, well, the Rams are the best defense, blah, blah, blah. And now they just lost to the Jets. But I still think the Rams played the Steelers really hard. Also, mm -hmm. I hate that logic, to be honest, because it implies the Rams don't care. So am I, am I absolutely crazy for thinking I'm going to start Tua over Russell if I'm not if if we're still having the Mitch dis, uh, Mitch Trubisky discussion right here because I, I would assume Tua is probably ranked lower than Trubisky. Oh at this yeah, point so then again. well the next rest of, it's Trubisky then it's Baker Tannehill mm -hmm. Russ Matt Ryan Tua and then Mariota. Why is Tannehill so low? So so Tannehill hundred percent. I'm sorry. Tannehill absolutely. Tannehill should be higher. That's ridiculous. Tannehill is absolutely. Go through that slowly, Heifetz. Read that list again. So again. QB 10 for the week on ESPN is Mitchell Trubisky. 11 is mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield. Tannehill is 13. Or I skip 12. I don't know. But regardless, Russ, then it's Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Tua, and then Marcus Mariota for the Raiders, Stafford, and then Roethlisberger. I'm absolutely oh playing gosh. Russell Wilson over Roethlisberger. Russell Wilson over Drew Brees. Russell Wilson over Gardner Minshew. Russell Wilson over Jared Goff. 
All that's easy. Russell Wilson over. Cam I agree Newton. with those. I agree with that's those. easy. Would you? All right, let's process of elimination here. Russ over Marcus Mariota. Have to right. I would yeah. go Russ. I would go Russ. Russ over Matt Ryan. Now the Falcons are playing the Chiefs. That's the. I think that's the highest over under the week. Uh, I'm going Russ in that. I don't trust Matt Ryan. I know he had a good game last week. I don't trust him still though, especially if Julio doesn't go. A decision I have to make: Russ against the Rams or Baker against the Jets. I think I go Baker. Baker's been good lately. Baker is on fire. I don't care about any of like the actual schematic stuff. Like people are, you know, saying he's not making any tough throws. They're scheming everything up. I don't care. He's been pretty good in fantasy, and I think I would rather ride him. You know, in terms of his, he, he's kind of like riding the hot hand or whatever because he's been playing well, been putting up points. Their offense is working. Wait, so are we the version of Bruce Arians and McVay that we hate playing the hot hand that we're like just stick with one guy? He has 11 touchdowns to one pick in his last four games. I think I, I actually have to make this decision and it feels nuts to take Russ out of my lineup. But I think Baker again, again, it's just Baker against the Jets. Like it just at a certain point kind of makes sense. So I think the discussion, the heart of the discussion really is it's very difficult to 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 look at Russell Wilson, who is, I still think, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL full stop. However, the way the Seahawks are playing right now is what yeah. really worries me. It's the not that I low. think Russell Wilson is bad. It's that they're going to slow the game down. And I see the, I honestly, I can see the Rams doing this too. A lot of running. It's going to make the game go really, really quickly. There's going to be not as many possessions because they're just going to be running a lot. The clock's going to be running. You know what I mean? Like I could see the Seahawks getting like four possessions in the first half. You know what I mean? And so this is what worries me. And I could see them just being very careful with Russell Wilson, there is a universe. There is there is a um, scenario where he absolutely goes off. But to me, it's it's much more likely that it's just like a very slow, sloggy game where Russell Wilson is just like the game manager. They're running a lot and trying not to turn the ball over to the Rams. To your point about him being careful, in the first uh, nine weeks of the season, he had five touchdowns of more than 40 yards. Five. And then in the last six weeks, he's had zero. Yeah, but he's still taking the shots. I mean, he literally pretty much had one to Swain last week. That's like, true. That was, was like out by an inch. The only thing about this that that is like, close. so you're right. The Rams run the ball a lot. There could be like a kind of a game style situation. Cam Akers is hurt. He's not going to play. So they're going to be probably using Daryl Henderson. Uh, the Seahawks are kind of good against the run. This game is super important. They're in Seattle. I don't know, man. I guess it's just it's like- so. I, this is impossible. Well, it comes back so to the thing I always feel that can help people make these decisions when you're on the fence is imagine you make both decisions and they both go terribly wrong. And that if you had, and that is the reason you lost your fantasy season. Like you would have won the championship if you had just made that decision correctly. And you imagine it both ways, <laughs> which one makes you feel less dumb? Like what will be easier to sleep at night knowing I benched Russell Wilson for this player, or is it easier to sleep at night knowing you lost because you started him? And I actually think, as crazy as it is to say, if Russell Wilson goes off on your bench, obviously it depends who the other quarterback is, but I have him in multiple leagues, and I think that right now, I'd actually feel dumber if Russ gets nine points on my in my starting lineup when we have we can all sit here and give six reasons for why that would make sense, as opposed to if he goes off, all right, he had a, a great player at a great game against a great team. But there's so many reasons to think that they're, they're just the Seahawks aren't trying to do what they did in the first half of the season. You're not trying to get Russ to be like that again because the Seahawks aren't trying to get Russ to be like that again. So I'd feel pretty dumb if I ignored a stated philosophy change from the team 
just trying to like make something happen in my lineup. So I actually think I, I, I can sleep at night easier if I bench him. Even for Trubisky, <laughs> where a week ago I was mocking this, the idea. Uh, this is funny. I like I like hearing what's your thought process and what's going on in your brain on this one. You want me to just throw out another thing that's just going to make this even more difficult for you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If Brian do. Schottenheimer is being considered as a head coach candidate in this next wave of, of <laughs> so coaching you, changes. What, what if this is Shoddy's like audition? He's like, I'm just going to oh go God. buck wild against. I had a buddy of mine texting me about this. What if he's just going to go buck wild against the Rams this, this week? It's going to be his resume builder. Get some momentum so he can get a head coaching job in this That's next the- little round of. <laughs> Ultimate shot in Freud right there. Okay. Well, like, so we talk about yeah, Trubisky. They're going up against Jacksonville. Here at Trubisky's last, this is since he's come back as a starter. He scored 20, 13, 24, 14. It's kind of like Wilson. It's exactly the same. It's pretty yeah. much exactly <sighs> the same. So, like, who are you really going to bet on to have the explosion? I think the game? line for me is Baker. Baker's where I'm really not sure. And Trubisky's right around Baker for me. I think it's actually pretty easy about Herbert, Lamar, Deshaun, Jalen, Kyler, Brady, Allen, Rogers, Mahomes. Those guys are really easy. The hard, and Tannehill's in that group too. I think it's yep, hard yep. with Baker and Mitch. And then I actually, I actually, think I think I Matt Ryan and Drew Brees are interesting. Yeah, as well. I think Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's above the line to me. I think just because they're playing the Chiefs. I, I know. I think I disagree with DK there, just because they're playing the Chiefs, and I think they can make it happen. Although you're right, the Chiefs have been really good on defense. I the line for me is probably I'd play Russ over. Oh man, Russ and Stafford's kind of tough too. This is awful. No, so right now it's. <laughs> We're recording this Tuesday afternoon, so Stafford yeah. might not even play. He's That's so banged point. up. It's tough to make that determination right now. I'm I'm going with with Wilson over Stafford. I think we could come to I th- we should probably come to a consensus on this. I think we we all probably are leaning Wilson over Trubisky, barely right. Like that's kind of like it's the Trubisky line. I think you can cut Russ if you're not going to play him. I think you can cut him for something else. Sure, but like if you're not and you're on the fence here. So am I? I agree okay. with DK. I think it goes. We like him over Stafford. I think we slightly like him over Trubisky. I think next up is Matt Ryan. Who are we doing here? I'm going Russ. I'm going Matt Ryan. I don't like I I like Russell's floor more than Matt Ryan's floor. Matt Ryan's floor in New Orleans in Week 11, he scored seven points. Yeah, Matt Ryan is prone to just have an absolute fucking dud. He could go off. That's, That's fine. Fair. So could Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson at least has the floor. I'd rather go Matt Ryan because I feel like the odds that Matt Ryan passes for 400 yards against the Chiefs are higher than Russ passing 400 yards against the Rams. But the point is you have to talk, talk about it, and that's that's just not good. Okay, so am I nuts? Am I nuts then about Tua? Should I not, should I not play uh, no, Tua playing over the, Russ? No, the, the, the Raiders. The Raiders don't have an impressive pass. Yeah, defense. but I, we've been having this whole discussion. I was assuming that Tua would be ranked lower than Mitch on a lot Tua, of people's lists. Well, he is, but on ESPN, but who cares? Tua, Tua so through. why am I going Tua over Russ? Is, is that insane? Because you love Tua. It's fine. I don't, I don't know. know if I would do this that. This is going to be impossible. I, you're going to take some rookie QB who's been kind of fine of over Russell Wilson? <laughs> I have not started him one time all year. Well, how much is the the fact that they're playing the Rams factoring into this? Because a like, lot. That's a lot for me. Also, to be clear, Tua has been better than Russ over the last three weeks, like unambiguously. What, as a player or in fantasy? In fantasy. Yeah, he has. Yeah. But like, it's, yeah. he like punched in two rushing touchdowns against the. That's probably Patriots. not going to happen every week. Yeah. Russell Wilson will have the longest run of the Seahawks season every week. Anyway, the point is, most people aren't probably talking about Russ versus Tua. Don't, you isn't are. the whole reason of fantasy is bet on talent? Isn't that what everybody says? You start talent. 
No, the point is win. Honestly, there's no rules. You justify how you won later. <laughs> just win, and then you pretend to be really smart, and you gloat about it. There's no rules. It's all about picking the right players, buddy. That's all you got to do. <laughs> just win. It doesn't fucking matter start the right player. I think this whole discussion, the point is, we got to all just play best ball. Like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fuck this is our conclusion. I think, I, think we've, I think we say that Matt Ryan and Baker are the only people that we would be okay with you starting over Russ in that bottom tier. Yeah. Don't speak for no, we can disagree. People no? can listen to this and make their own conclusions. I thought you agreed with that. Baker oh, yeah. and Matt Ryan. Didn't you just say that? I think that's the yeah. range that we're in together yes. as, as a podcast. In. And it's up to you as a human adult to make your decisions. <laughs> also there. Because yeah, realistically, we're, we're doing this on Tuesday because of Christmas. The reality is that we're we're coming to kind of early in the week. Like, you know, things can change. COVID COVID yeah. can change. We don't know. So yeah, figure it out. All right. I think I'm going to start Wilson over to a... Okay, fucking A. All right, let's get into tough. gut calls. Bold <laughs> prediction. I love it, DK. Let's get... All right, well, while this we're here, just, DK, just give us your gut for the week. Championship guts. Let's stick with the Seahawks-Rams game because uh, Cam Akers went out with a ankle injury last week. Actually, he has a high ankle sprain, so it's yeah. shocking to me that he came back and played in this game. He finished this game. This is actually a perfect example of something that we've talked about before, which is a lot of times players can have just like the adrenaline going in a game, get it taped up, yeah. come back out, and then the next day it hurts like hell and you can't walk on it you know, yeah, for a real. week or whatever. So Cam Akers out at least week 16. I think that makes Daryl Henderson an interesting flex play. And I'm going to say for him, top 24, and, and that's exactly what it is, like a flex play, borderline flex play type guy. I'm not going crazy because I know that the Rams are going to have a little bit of rotation with Malcolm Brown at the, in the backfield. But again, to go back to what we were talking about, I think he's. I think there's going to be like a run game, heavy matchup, slog, like both teams are just going to be trying to control the clock, that kind of shit. Um and honestly, the Seahawks have been okay on defense lately, but they've been middling against running backs throughout the whole season. Going back the last few games, McKissick, J.D. McKissick scored 21.2 half PPR points against the Seahawks. Uh, week 14, the Jets didn't do anything against the Seahawks, so that one, we're just kind of throwing that out. Week 13, Gallman, 13.5 points. Alfred Morris had 17. Week 12, the Seahawks did hold the Eagles running backs in check, but that offense was just a complete mess at that point. That was before Hertz came in. Week 11, the Seahawks gave up 12.9 to Chase Edmonds and 14 to Kenyon Drake. Week 10, against the Rams, uh, Malcolm Brown had 18.1. Henderson had 9.8 and Akers had 3.8. So the Seahawks have been giving up not like a huge amount of numbers to opposing running backs, but solid double digits to most of their starters. So I, I would say he's uh, a pretty good, like I said, RB2 slash flex type play this week because Akers is out. Well, I mean, has Henderson even been bad when he's gotten the full load? I mean, he's been good. I think he's he's a slasher guy. He's not the same, I guess, category as Akers, where you're giving him 30 touches a game, almost surely. I think they're going to probably have a, a two-man committee in this game. Um, but he's more prone, in my opinion, to, to break off a big run or two. He's pretty good in the passing game. So I think he's still a good player. Um, and just because Akers is out, it's going to give him a bigger opportunity. So I, I feel pretty good about Henderson. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, Craig, who's your gut call for the week? I think Chase Edmonds um, is startable this week. I'm, I'm saying he's going to score double-digit fantasy points. Chase Edmonds has been up and down. He's like he's kind of been one of those guys that you never start all season, but then every week he kind of puts up like a levit on your bench. But like you never start him, you never yeah. think about him, and then you look at him at the end of the year and you're like, oh, he was actually not that bad. So Kenyon Drake got kind of dinged up last week. He was in and out of the lineup. Uh, Edmonds out touched him 14 to 12. He had 66 yards and a touchdown. I think Edmonds is better than Kenyon Drake. He looks better. He seems to always outperform him in games. They're playing the Niners, who have a good run defense, but this game doesn't matter for them. Edmonds is the guy in the passing game. If anything, Edmonds will provide at least a nice 10 touch floor for you if you're debating, you know, some long shot running back or flex option. Edmonds is like a little safe. He plays in the red zone with Kyler. I, I kind of like him this week. They're playing Saturday. So, Along those lines, and and with these gut calls, it's not we're not necessarily saying like bench your stars and start these guys. If you had say like James Robinson who may miss this week yeah. with an injury, if you had Mostert who is definitely out this week, Acres who is out this week, these are the types of guys that could potentially be a replacement for him. And I, and I like that call totally. And keep an eye on Drake's health. Like even if he plays and he's dinged up, like maybe he won't receive a full workload. But that's something that you kind of won't know going into the game. But like if it says like. Drake, questionable, but then on Sunday, it's like he will play. I wouldn't let that deter you because I still think Edmonds will get his floor of like 10 touches, which he usually does every game. Could be more. Yeah, on that note of just what DK was saying, of we're not saying just bench your star, but there are certain people that come <laughs> out each week and you need to replace them. I think that the, the, the main one for me this week is Tom Brady. That's kind of my gut call. I think you should, if, if you're someone who's kind of had a quarterback platoon this season, we have a few good players or a couple good players and one of them is Brady. You probably want Brady in the lineup this week, unless it's like Mahomes, Rodgers. I mean, the Bucks are going against the Lions. That secondary is in shambles. The team is kind of recovering from the Matt Patricia shambles. They're getting a little better, but now shambles. the secondary is shamble. It's a great word. I love I like shambles. that word. Um, they are mid shamble, and I'm in mid ramble. But the Lions are just getting rocked. Like we had Ryan Tannehill yeah. last week. He was one of our good calls. Tannehill went off. And I'm not just going with Tannehill again this week. I'm going back to the well against the Lions. Like, this is not, this is one of those like teams it. where you, you can pick on the week, especially at this time of, of, of year in <laughs> fantasy football. Like, I'm sorry to say it, but the kick Lions are down. like that little limping buffalo in the herd that the Lions hunt down. And that's kind mm -hmm. of like what Tom Brady's going to do to them this week. I think that the you're Bucks sitting the fantasy herd here. I like it. Yeah. I actually like Brady a little less if Stafford can't play because I'm not sure Chase Daniel can make it competitive, but right. I think Brady is going to end up being a top 10 quarterback. I think that if you have, I mean, if, if you have Stafford, uh, if you, I mean, if, there's a lot of quarterbacks we could do here, but I think Brady's a really strong option. And I think the Bucs romp. And similarly, I'd play Gronk if for some reason you have a couple options at tight end. But I just think the Bucs have a good week against Detroit. What do you guys, this, along the same lines, this is off the cuff, and I apologize for springing this on you, but like, what do we? What do you make of the uh, receivers in this group? Do you have confidence in, in any of the three? Yeah, the three receivers with the Buccaneers? I think the Bucs offense is a collection of players that aren't really a team yet. I, I, I kind of expected <laughs> yeah. them to be a little more cohesive. You know, you're, you're three months into the season, and I understand that, in October, 
it was like, oh, Brady and Gronk are the only ones who really know what each other wants on third down or in the red zone. It still feels like that. It still feels like Brady went from Mike Evans and him went from they were 50-50 perfect versus completely on the wrong page, especially in back shoulder throws. Evans is just in the wrong spot sometimes. That one from 50-50, it's still like 70-30. Mike Evans is in the right spot versus the wrong spot. I just thought they'd be a little better off by now, quite honestly. Yeah, I think I think that's how everybody feels. Yeah. Like I feel like Evans is a starter. I'm going to start Evans. Oh yeah. Pretty com- pretty confidently. Godwin is where I start to waffle because his his targets over the last two games, five and three. That worries me. You know what I mean? Like that's like a he's obviously a very good player. And he's had two t- he said t- he had a touchdown last week to kind of salvage what would have otherwise been a pretty weak game. But with the way that Brady is targeting Antonio Brown now, man, it just makes me worried. And plus Godwin's he's getting, been Scotty, kind of a Scotty Miller is getting involved. I don't Definitely know. Definitely Glansburg. Godwin's been so, a Glansburg for us. Yeah, no, Godwin mm-hmm. is one of those tougher calls, actually, because especially because this is such a good matchup, you'll feel pretty dumb if he goes off this week and you had him in your lineup for the bad ones and then keep him on your bench. He's just, yeah, he's but, just a Yeah, the role thing is scary, especially because Brady wanted AB on the team. Like, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. All right, so who's your who's your next gut, DK? What, wait, what's your benchmark for Brady? Oh, he's yeah. top 10 quarterback this week. Top 10, all right. So my second one is... Savan Ahmed for the Dolphins going up against the Raiders. And this is a little bit contingent. Um, I just want to make the disclaimer, like if Miles Gaskin comes back, it changes things. But right now, Gaskin, as of Tuesday, he's on the COVID list. There's no indication whether he's going to come off of it or not. He did test positive for COVID. He's eligible to come off the list this week. But a lot of the time, honestly, we don't find out until like Saturday if these guys are coming off or I guess it's a weird week, but whenever they're playing, they're playing on Saturday. So we probably won't find out till Friday. So monitor this situation. But I think if, if Gaskin does not come off the list, I really like Ahmed this week as a, as a flex running back. The last three games that he's been featured as kind of like their lead guy, week 10, he had 15 and a half points, half PPR, 85 yards, a touchdown week, 11, 9.9 and a half PPR. He had 12 carries, 43 yards, plus five catches and 30, 31 yards. In week 15, last week, 19.2 half PPR, he had 23 carries, 122 yards, a touchdown. He had a two-point conversion on a hook and ladder. Actually, people were yelling at me that it wasn't a hook and ladder. Danny, did you see this play? I saw it. It was like a screen and ladder. It was so cool. Well, regardless, like, yeah, I guess technically it wasn't a hook route. <laughs> Is that what oh, people Oh, yeah, people were are all like, ooh, the hook and ladder. <laughs> it's a hook and ladder roll. Yeah, anyways, it was a fun play. It's it was a fun play. spirit. Yeah, Um Anyway, he scored he, yeah, a freaking look, conversion on a lateral. Like, that was sick. And I that is not used enough. He, he came sprinting out of the backfield. They threw the ball to the slot receiver or whoever on the wing. And then the wing guy tossed it to Ackman. He went in for a 2 Coaches are conversion. so hesitant to do the lateral play because you're putting the asking skilled yeah, players to, like, true. put the ball in jeopardy. But, my God, when it works, it is just... It, the defenses are just... They have no idea what just happened. It works every time. <laughs> um, in addition to his usage, which, which has been strong... Uh, they're give, they're playing at the Raiders this week, who are one of the worst teams against the run this whole year. They they're third, they're <laughs> third, to, third most points to opposing receivers in fantasy. Uh, in week fifteen, actually, in week fifteen, they didn't do terribly. They had an Eckler got had nine point nine, Balaj had seven point one. But week fourteen, go back, they play the Colts. Jonathan Taylor dropped thirty on them, and and Naheem Hines had nine and a half and half PPR. 
Week 13, Ty Johnson had 18.7. Week 12, Ito Smith had 15.5. And week 11, Edward Zolaire for the Chiefs had 20, and Bell had 10. So they've been giving up pretty good numbers, not only to one running back, but to two running backs typically. So I just like Ahmed's chances to have a solid floor in this game. Again, the disclaimer is if Gaston comes back, it, it, it creates enough uncertainty that I'd probably go in a different direction um, as to like the workload. But if Gaskin is out, for sure, go with Ahmed. I like that. Craig, who's your next gut call? Well, I was I, Gronk was a guy that I was going to mention, but I, you already kind of did it, so I'll, I'll I'll move on to somebody else. I want to talk about Tyron Johnson again on the Chargers. Mm. So again, it's Tuesday, so it's kind of tough. This is contingent on the health of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. If only one of them is out, I think Tyron Johnson is a legitimate play. He's had 14 and 13 points in the last two weeks. He's had a touchdown in each of them. He gets consistent targets. He's, as DK said, he's like a big athlete. He's a good prospect. And they're playing Denver, who's literally their whole defensive back regime is out. Josh Allen just <laughs> tore him up last week. I think Herbert is on hardcore rookie of the year watch and is just trying to sling it. and Because oh, yeah. uh, Justin Jefferson is doing the same thing. But especially if Keenan Allen is out, Mike Williams played like 28 snaps last week and he's like struggling through his back injury. But they've had 10 days to rest. But if Tyron Johnson is on your bench as he is mine, check in, you know, Thursday, Friday and see how the health is of those guys. Because if they're iffy, I think Ty Johnson's a good play. I was looking at his his grades on PFF are really strong too. Like he's played well. So he's yeah, he's kind of an interesting guy in like the dynasty world too to kind of keep in mind. Yeah. My second gut for this week is I think you should stream Austin Hooper if you've been streaming tight ends. Uh, if you or like if Mike is sick, we don't know if Mike is sick, he's going to play this week. So, however, that works out. If you if had Ebron, if you had Kasicki and he doesn't go, I think Austin Hooper is going to be a top 13 tight end. I was going to go top 12, but 13 is my lucky number. And also, you know, that some random tight end like Dan Arnold's going to end up being like top five. <laughs> but Dan yeah. Arnold, what in the offseason, we're going to have a Dan Arnold conversation. Dan Arnold. No, but I, Dan I just Arnold think Austin sounds like Hooper, a golfer. Yeah. He sounds, no, Dan Arnold is, well, should we be making fun of a Dan if we're two Dannys? We kind of, I mean, we, we're kind of pretty prejudiced against Dan's. I mean, I feel like we we can. We're uniquely qualified to make fun of Dan's. In yeah, this but, world, there are only Dan's and not Dan's. So <laughs> yeah, I was sure. Dan, I was Dan for a large part of my life. So. Is that right? Yeah. Why did you switch to Danny? I feel like usually it goes the other way. It was kind of a joke. Yeah, it's because I was getting older, and my dad, it was like, he just doesn't like his name. His his name is Rich, and so he tried to get people to call him Rick, and it didn't take. Ooh, and we were you all can like, never start it yourself. I know, and it was like, this is weird. I don't want to call you that, and it just didn't really work out for him. And so I thought it was funny, and I, I started calling myself Danny, and everyone was like, no, we're not doing that. That's stupid. Why are you, why are you doing that? But I did it long enough, and like like I was consistent enough about it, like keeping this joke going that it just stuck. <laughs> Wait, so you just kept calling yourself Danny as a bit, and now we all call you Danny Kelly? Yes, it was a Are bit you to serious? start. serious? Yeah. The other thing, the, the other part that played a big part in it is, like, I when I first started writing about football, I went by Danny on online. So, like, a lot of people that I, like, came, in, came into my life yeah. via, like, my career started, just knew me as Danny. So, like, everyone was finally just like, fine, we'll call you Danny. But but some people still call me Dan. So you gave yourself the name Danny. So by the rule joke. that we it all agree on, it was tongue in that, cheek. Yeah. But the rule that we all agree on, which is no one can give themselves a nickname, means that Craig and I could start calling you Dan Kelly, if you want. Dan. I would like to stipulate this was a joke. I wasn't actually trying to get people to call me Danny. 
It was as a joke. Wow. I wasn't like trying to make up a new nickname. This is like your yeah, origin sure. story. This is unbelievable. <laughs> All right. I, I don't remember. I was going to talk about Austin Hooper. I feel like I've told story, you actually. this before, Heifetz. I, it's funny that you're so shocked by this because I'm pretty sure I've told this story before. Yeah, I probably yeah, forgot. Let, yeah, let's get back to you <laughs> touting oh, yeah, anyway. my nemesis. Yeah, Austin Hooper. Yeah, yeah. Two origin stories here. Anyway, it's really simple. The Browns are playing the Jets. The Jets suck. The Jets particularly suck against tight ends. Don't be fooled by the Rams game. They've, the Jets have given up the most receiving yards to the tight ends. They've given up the most receiving touchdowns to the tight ends. Austin Hooper had a touchdown last week. He got more involved. He had, what, four or five targets, four or five catches. If you're going to roll the dice on a tight end streaming for this week, roll it against a good tight end who's in a good offense who will probably romp against the league's worst uh, defense defending tight ends. It's really simple. And also, he beat up Craig once playing basketball. I don't remember the story. Who remembers at this point? <laughs> I remember he gave about? Craig a wedgie and no. what, was it, a swirl. Shoved him in a locker. This is yeah, a lie. This that is libel. No. <laughs> libel is when it's written. This is slander. Whatever. There's no altercation. You definitely are that guy who's like, technically, that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> what, are you like with, with the law? <laughs> oh, my a lawyer? God. No, nah, you know, this is just a casual conversation. I feel like you don't need to correct people. That's not how you make friends. Um, <laughs> there was no Remember, Craig has so many friends. So Craig has so many friends by never correcting people. So many. I hardly have time to do this podcast. I'm always with my friends. <laughs> Except during the pandemic. Okay, I'm being good. You know, Craig's not even his real frame. name. He was just Dan. He started going by Craig as a bit. There was no altercation. He was just like, you know, kind of a shitty guy to play sports with. That's all. <laughs> And I'm sure the Browns could cur. We'll see. I'll have to ask. No, I'll do great Just for you. Just a shitty guy a to play sports with. Anyway, Austin Hooper, top 13 tight end. Book it. And if not, we'll shove him in a locker. Put that on my he looked tombstone. a little sluggish after the appendectomy. I'm just saying. Doesn't look very conditioned. He looks kind of thick. He put on some LBs during his appendectomy. <laughs> Yeah, he's just laying in bed for a week. Craig's like secret life goal is to just be more famous than Austin Hooper at his 10-year high school reunion. Brag to the people that made fun of you in high school like Austin Hooper. We didn't go to the same high school. We only went yeah, to high school. I know, but I'm rewriting history. If you, if you want to be Mr. Technical, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we only went to middle school. Can I tell a funny story about one of my friends in his high school reunion, by the way? Sure. He, I'm, I'm not going to say his name because it's hilarious, but he... so. <laughs> He went to his 10-year anniversary or 10-year high school reunion and he had literally just broken up with his girlfriend and he was moving across country. So he as he was driving across country, he stopped and went to his high school reunion. And <laughs> oh at the time, he had just broken up with his girlfriend. He didn't have a job and he was literally living in his car. And I was just like, <laughs> like imagine maybe skip that one. <laughs> imagine like talking to people at your high school reunion. So what are you doing? Uh, you know. Nothing, nothing really. So where are you living? He's like, just outside that door. <laughs> Parking spot I, 11. I mean, he probably hates <laughs> me right now. Having strayed too far. Because I, I bring this up every chance I can. It's literally the funniest story, I think, in the world. <laughs> 10 year high school reunion. They got to make a movie about this. Yeah, wow. can we have Breakfast Club 10 years later? I was, I've always wanted to see what that movie would look like. Lunch Club. <laughs> uh, we're just off the rails here. Is it bold? That's a bold story. Bold to go to your 10 year reunion of living in your car and bold Time for bold predictions. I respect it. Uh, yes. All right. Are these the last bold predictions of the regular season? Well, yeah, the they are. playoffs. Yeah, the fantasy playoffs. So, okay, I got two. I like to cheat a little bit on this. Um, the first one, I'm and, I, and since I hit on this last week, I'm just going to run it right back. Leonard Fournette against the Lions. Lions are Man, the worst. Man, this is not bold whatsoever. Well, well, what's the, what's the Ronald Jones here? is not going to play. What's Have you seen here? Leonard Fournette run the ball? 
He's like yeah. he's the starting running back on the Bucks. You're gonna say he's gonna be good. That's What's, your bold. What, what are you gonna? What are you saying about Leonard okay, Fournette? Fine, put it. We'll put this into the guts. Anyways, my <laughs> Rojo is not back this week. He's out. So Leonard Fournette, he's a good flex. Okay, fine. Oh my god, that was gonna be your bold. My god, all of the analysts are like, he's a fringe RB one. <laughs> it's not a bold prediction. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> well, all right, fine. You know, honestly, I'm, you I was a little, I was a little wondering if you guys were going to give me shit for Tom Brady top ten because as I was thinking about it, I was like, probably should just top seven. But I got away with but it. When we get into last week's predictions, when we look back at them, I look at all your guys's. They're all so much easier than mine. Mine are hardcore and they never work out. Is that how you work, friends? <laughs> your guys are so easy. You're like, I think Brian Tannehill will be good. It's like, what is this? We're trying to help people make actual sit start decisions, not tell them to put stupid players in their lineup, Craig. No, you're telling people to start people they've already are going to start because it's Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady. No, these are and real Leonard life Fournette. Things. I said Jeff Wilson would be a top ten running back for my bowl. You also said J.K. Both of you said J.K. Dobbins. He said DeAndre Swift. These guys are all people you're starting anyway. They're fringe. They're fringe. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Marvin Jones, 10 plus versus Tampa Bay. How about that? That's my bold. Number one, we have to kind of wait and see what happens with Stafford. Stafford's like the toughest player in the NFL potentially, so I think he'll probably end up playing. But if the if the Lions decide to kind of like sit him down for the rest of the season, that could change things. But Jones has averaged 10 targets a game over his last six games. He's eighth in weighted opportunity rating over the last six games. 27% target share in that stretch. He has two 20 plus games in that stretch. And then the, his other two were 6.8 and 7.8. So, you know, it's not a terrible floor either. So I think there's some upside here. He's the number one guy on that offense. Galladay's not coming back. Why are you, what are you smirking about, He is Craig? smirking. I was just going to say it, but he's so smirking. I think he doesn't think it's bold at all. Craig thinks you've got four guts. There is, oh a, my God. Oh, there is a cloud over this podcast right now. Oh Fine. Craig is so hardcore here. judging DK. Here, Craig. Here's one that will make you happy. Play Rashad Penny. He's your RV2 this week. <laughs> no, I think to go. be clear, there's two things going on. Craig is calling out DK's gut calls as not bold. They're not supposed to be bold. They're just, what do you think is going to happen to your gut? And then DK also came to this episode with four gut calls. And also, there is an issue. <laughs> is we let DK get away with the Leonard Fournette as a bold one last week. And that we let yeah, that we one did. slide. And I could tell that th- that is some residual carryover to this week. I see the it in The dude Craig's was eyes. inactive the week before. We didn't know who was even going to play. I'm, I think I'm just bitter looking back at last week's <laughs> predictions. Like, God, all there's hit. And I'm like, well, it's Ryan Tannehill, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift. Of course it hit. He said like 10 <laughs> points each. <laughs> the statute of limitations on bitching about this is over. We okay, almost right. made it the full season without a full-fledged argument on the podcast. <laughs> oh, we were this close. We were this close. So close. You guys are going to love God. my bold. It's fucking random as hell. Just right. a bit outside. All right. So, so Marvin Jones, 10 points. My bold, yes. since we're bitching about last week. I, I don't like your tone, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Samara Jones, 10 points. 
All right. Well, anyway, since we're bitching about last week's things, I'm running back my Jeff Wilson thing. I said he'd be a top 10 running back last week for my bold. He wasn't. He was, what was he? Tw- he had 12 points. He was outside the top 25, but he had 12 points. I'm running it back. Jeff Wilson, top 10 running back again. Raheem Mostert is on injured reserve. And so Jeff Wilson's going to get the bulk of carries. I think that Jeff Wilson's play him. And he's going to be great. Agreed. <laughs> Go Craig okay. giving me crap. How's Gabe Davis doing for you, Craig? <laughs> Mine is going to be... DK liked him, too. Didn't we all have Gabe Davis? Gabe Dave? Um, All right. Mine is... Yeah, we like Gabe Davis. Okay, so my idea for this was like... You know, I went with, what? Chase Edmonds, Ty Johnson. Like, I want people who are struggling and are like sifting through the waiver wire um, to find people, you know? Or like the guy at the bottom of your bench. Should I start him? So this is for all my, my dudes out here in 14-team and 16-team leagues. This is my bolts coming for you guys. If you're in the championship, you got Julio, you got whoever, Juju sucks. Like, this is what you're doing. If you really are desperate, <laughs> Lil Jordan Humphrey on the Saints. Oh, my God. Oh my God. No wonder you were giving us shit. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, this is a, isn't this a bold prediction? Lil uh, yeah, Jordan it's, it's Humphrey. bold. Listen. Is this the practice squad guy? Yeah. Listen, first of all, <laughs> His name deceives you because he's not so Lil. He's 6'4", 210. He was an absolute stud at Texas. His junior year, he had like 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. He's really good. Last week, he had a touchdown because the only receivers in the Saints are Emmanuel Sanders and this guy now. Michael Thomas is gone. Deontay Harris is on IR. Marquez Calloway is on IR. He came in after Traquan Smith went down, scored a touchdown at four targets. He's the biggest target on the Saints who can run. I'm just saying... (laughs) <laughs> this is could be the random guy this week who has 80 yards and a touchdown against the shitty Vikings secondary. I re- I really hope someone starts Lil Jordan Humphrey in their championship weekend. <laughs> Tell us if you do. If you this happens, if, if Lil Jordan Humphrey gets 80 yards and a touchdown, I think we have to really seriously consider naming this the Craig Craig Deceit Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, the Craig Deceit. All right, Craig. So circling back to your Lil Jordan Humphrey pick here, yeah. what what is your what's your benchmark for him? Over seven, <laughs> over seven and a half PPR points. DK, what do you know about? <laughs> After all that, <laughs> what do you know about Lil Jordan Humphrey, DK? I know enough about him to think this is a very intriguing. He to me, he's like a good dynasty stash. I, right. I probably wouldn't be starting him this week if I was in the championship. I do think this is awesome as a bold, bold thing. And honestly, to be like to look at what the Saints are doing, a guy named Juwan Johnson was running routes for them this last week. You know, they, they're kind of, like you said, they're down to the the dregs of their receiver position. Humphrey is a big guy with a huge catch radius. The Saints t- seem to like these guys, you know, especially running down the seam for Drewries where you can see these guys, you know, open up or whatever. He's a red zone threat. He probably, he maybe would have been better off becoming like a tight end. Maybe he'll turn into a tight end, gain 20 pounds and turn into a tight end for them. But this isn't just for the championship people. What if you're playing for third? What if you're just trying not to get last? Well, to be clear, what, what level of league are you starting little Jordan Humphrey in? Would you start like him in a 12 16 team league? Team league. I, I said 14 <laughs> or 16. I mean, this dude might be a, the starting wide receiver for the Saints alongside Emmanuel Sanders. I'm just saying. That's all I'm if saying. If little Jordan Humphrey goes off, this is going to be the greatest prediction ever made on this podcast. I could see him catching a touchdown for like six yards, which I mean, Drew he Brees caught does one last time. But yeah. Wow, that was a journey we just had. I don't oh my agree with goodness. it, but I like it. All right. It's a bold prediction. Much more bold than my Marvin Jones one. Let's recap last week. <laughs> I'm calls, saying Humphrey will have only three less points than you said Marvin Jones was. <laughs> That's oh a good God. point. Love it. <laughs> point 
Okay. Uh, we already recapped all these freaking ones from last week, but at this point, I said, what did I say? I said, J.K. Dobbins would be a top 20 running back, correct? I said, J- Ryan Tannehill's were starting to be a top 10 quarterback. That was correct. 37. Said, he had 37 points. He had a lot of points. Ridiculous. We love Tannehill. Yeah. And I said, Jeff Wilson be a top 10 running back. And that was wrong, but he did have 12 points. So if you flexed him, hopefully he worked out for you. But yeah. Dika, how did you do, which in your incredibly weak and meager predictions, according to Craig, <laughs> your frail, meager. frail predictions. Meager is an underused word. Uh, I had DeAndre Swift, 12 plus. He had 20. He was the RB9, so that was a hit. J.K. Dobbins was my other one on there, and Heifetz already said that. And then I had Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is actually kind of a little, a little Jordan Humphrey-style one. He had seven points, did not hit the benchmark of 10, but he was That should have been bust. your bold. I know, right? <laughs> all this, did that whole argument happen because Craig forgot TK talked about Donovan Peoples Jones last week? Well, it was his gut. It's all out of whack. Make it your bold. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my bold was Lenny Ford's 10 plus, half PPR at 20. So hit on that one too. But Craig just doesn't think any of these are hard enough. So honestly, that's all that whole conversation happened because you should have just had Lenny as a gut and Peoples Jones as a bold. And none of that. Honestly, maybe. Honestly, happen. maybe. Are we sure that I didn't? I'm actually looking at my doc from last week now. Donovan Peoples-Jones was my extra bold. It was a, oh. a bonus. It was a bonus bold. So all of this is for nothing. This was all based it's on all a slight error. Not. Yeah. Someone forgot to hit Command B on the prediction, and now it it's all over. We were for you. Okay. I'm just saying, both of you guys are the smartest guys not in this platoon. You know, you're just whipping out takes sitting <laughs> right outside this platoon. We're gonna get Craig bounced out of this platoon. Okay. Who's that, Craig? What were your What are your glorious predictions from last week? Uh, I said Gabriel Davis would be a top 30 wide receiver. He was not. He had 2.7 points. It was a massive disappointment. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, my other gut was that Kendrick Bourne would have over eight fantasy points. That was correct. Uh, he scored 16 and a half on a crazy Hail Mary at the end of the game. You nailed so, it. You nailed, nailed that. Prediction, a crazy Hail Mary at the end of the game. <laughs> yep. So I hit that right. And then uh, Irv Smith, I said, would be a top seven tight end. He was not. He was a tight end 27. He dropped a touchdown. So I think that would have been closer. Yeah, that sucks. But uh, right in, you know, in spirit, it was all right. <laughs> but like, you know, I have Kendrick Bourne as my gut. You guys have J.K. Dobbins. It's, that'll you know, be that'll be the new thing. Did you guys win your, your <laughs> fantasy title? It's like in spirit. Craig, Craig is like trying to get into this salty spittoon so he can stay there all offseason. I, th- I see what's happening right here. It's like a hostile takeover of the spittoon. This is like, <laughs> a, like a boardroom meeting where they're informing you. Ag- this is like what they did at Zucker or Zuckerberg did to Eduardo Savern in the social network. Like you just show up one day and you're like, I own this spittoon now. We diluted your I see your what's shares. happening here. Diluted your spittoon shares. Okay, let's go in a million dollar lineup before we kill each other. Uh, every, <laughs> every Friday, we're making a FanDuel DFS lineup. We're playing for a million dollars. It's actually $300,000 now. It's different. But anyway, we're still trying to make a million dollars a week or a third of a million, whatever. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. Did we win a million? We won uh, $9 last week. We won nine. <laughs> nine. That's pretty good. Are we, did we break even on the year? And no, we're still down. We're up. We are up. Oh, we're up. Oh, we nice. are up. It is green. <laughs> you know, we can't disclose the, uh, the, the real number up for, um, you know, what is it? Pride? But yes. we're up. For pride reasons. For pride. credibility reasons. It's illegal, but it's pride. Okay. Yes. Last week went pretty well. We had Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Jeff Wilson, Jefferson, 
Allen Robinson, Brandon Ayuk, Irv Smith, who was awful. Tony Pollard. We swapped in Tony Pollard on Sunday, which really is the reason we did well. And then the oh, Pats, because yeah. once Zeke was out, we swapped in Tony Pollard. All right. This week's lineup. This is me. I, I pushed for this. Heifetz put this in here, and Craig and I both have questions. I pushed for this. Our lineup this week is Daniel Jones, quarterback. Jonathan Taylor at running back. Miles Sanders at running back. Marquise Brown at wide receiver. Jarvis Landry at wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, and then we have Jack Doyle, Old Faithful at tight end, A.J. Green at receiver, and the Ravens defense. What do you guys think? I see what's, I see what's happening. <laughs> yes, yeah, I figured it out, too. This is just our burn book lineup. <laughs> I, so we, we, we do this every week, and I sent this in the Slack channel, and you guys were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm I was, not going to tell was like, I was like, Daniel Jones against the Ravens. Do you, do you know something that we don't know? <laughs> I decided that week we, 16, we have $4,400 remaining. <laughs> I decided it's week 16 and we have to one time put the burn book as a DFS lineup. Okay, but didn't we just burn Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett? Can we put them in there? <laughs> yeah. and let's do that. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Okay, we'll put Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett in instead. That's so we can remove, point. obviously, Daniel Jones. Yeah, we'll get and, rid of Daniel Jones. We have plenty of money to do it. Yeah, we'll get, get rid of Daniel Jones. We'll get rid of AJ Green instead. AJ Green, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, putting, we're playing the bird book as a DFS lineup for sure. I like it. This is going to be fun, and it would be abs- like high comedy if this wins us money. Oh, it would be glorious. It would be jubilation. It would be justification <laughs> for like burning fantasy players. Like we just we start, did we make a whole factory out of it? Okay, so we're going to win. We'll only win 300K though. So, but it's all right. We'll split it. It'll be great. Okay. All right. Quick German word update from DK. Yes. We get, we continue to get very informative uh, updates from our German listeners. This one is an update on the word in German that means you're rooting for and against a player in two different matchups. And I'm going to butcher this again. So, Zwickmule. I think it's pronounced. Zwickmule. Zwickmule. I think looking at us like we know the answer. I don't know. <clears throat> Craig or Heifetz, you, well, Craig, Horlbeck, isn't that a German word? Isn't that a German name? Yes, Ish. but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't know it. Okay. If that qualifies me, then I'm screwed. Anyway, that was from uh, Gabriel and uh, München. So thank you for that. Nice. Thanks, Gabriel. Okay, I got one fun fact to get us out of here. Yes. This is from my friend Chris. Okay. <laughs> he texted me this maybe four days ago out of the blue and it just made me laugh we literally had not texted the entire day and then i just got this there was no intro charles darwin had a pet tortoise that died in 2006 (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh my god that's a fun fact (laughs) oh my god is that true I don't know. Yes, it's true. Uh, Steve Irwin took care of it. Wow. <laughs> Steve Irwin was taking care of Charles Darwin's tortoise? It was 186 when it died. Jesus. That's that's one of my favorite fun facts we've ever had on the show. <laughs> for, for a little context, Charles Darwin died in 1882. <laughs> he died in 2006. <laughs> it's like there were like 40-something states at the time. Oh my god! Uh, it's so much better that the tortoise died in the 2000s because if it was in the 90s, it wouldn't have hit as hard. But oh, six, six, that's when Spotify was founded. Yeah, it's like Nancy oh Pelosi was Speaker of the House the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
Tortoise is still living. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. This was a cathartic episode, I think, for everyone except that tortoise. R.I.P. Rest in peace. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to everyone for listening through this. Thank you to, to, to Charles Darwin. You did a lot. We appreciate it. Best of luck to everyone in your fantasy championships. And of course, thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Good luck in the championship, Lauren. Thank you, Christina Aguilera. Ooh, Aguilera. Nice. There you go. We'll see you guys on Monday. And happy holidays to everybody. <laughs>